Well, we're real big fans of y'all. Huge fans. You guys are almost as good as the monkeys. You guys are great. to a special episode of the ABCs and 123s of Rock. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Beatles. The Beatles. This came from episode B. I mean, the Beatles are the best rock band of all time, or at least one of, and uh, they were going to be on everybody's list, but they just deserve their own episode. That's why we're doing this, and I've been so excited about it, and we finally got around to doing it. The format's just a little different. We're just going to talk about our favorite albums. Yes, but we're not going to eliminate. We're just going to talk Beatles as two Beatles fans and uh, go from there. When I was younger, I, I did listen to the Beatles uh, via one of my uncles, and um, a, a lot of the songs I heard from him, and one of the first songs I learned to play was Day Tripper, uh, which is still one of my favorite Beatles songs. But uh, the Beatles and the Stones, if you were a Stones or Beatles fan, um, I don't want to say you were odd, but you were the minority in our day. And today, they're just as big as they ever were. I mean, the Beatles are huge. Uh, unfortunately, we only have two of them left. But uh, yeah, I think I think anybody that has any type of musical background, somewhere it'll lead to the Beatles. So how we're going to get this started is I'm going to flip a coin. Uh, Randy, you get heads, I get tails. There we go. And I'm going to flip the coin. And it's tails, so it looks like I get to go first. Can I look at that coin real quick? <laughs> My first pick, and it's not necessarily my favorite Beatles album, because it's not my favorite Beatles album, but it was my early exposure. Parlophone put out Please Please Me in 63 or so. The American company VJ acquired the album. They couldn't put it out because the label president used money from the company to cover his gambling debts. They ended up losing the rights to the album, but they ended up putting it out anyways as introducing the Beatles. And that was the first Beatles album I ever had on VJ Records. Six days after they released it, they were served a cease and desist order from Parlophone's parent company, EMI, over the songs Love Me Do and P.S. I Love You that they did not have the rights to. And so they made a different version of the album. The version of introducing the Beatles I had had Love Me Do and P.S. I Love You. Okay. There were supposedly 80,000 of them that kind of slipped out. other albums that came along later that were far more impactful but it all started with for me introducing the beatles no that's that's a good pick that's a you know again we're not calling it first two or whatever so i'm just going to get into my and this is my favorite beatles album and it's uh sergeant peppers let me watch something That's my go-to. 
The only thing I do not like about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is the movie. I wanted the movie to be good. I wanted it. They, everybody wanted it to be good. When the Bee Gees found out that it wasn't going to be good, they tried to pull out. Peter Frampton tried to pull out. With the movie, I think a lot of people that aren't big-time Beatles fans have, and have seen that movie, a lot of the songs in the movie are not on the Sgt. Pepper's album. No, no. Like, no. Yeah, so like Come Together is probably the, the redeeming factor of the movie. It's not on the album, but what is on the album is uh, with a little help from my friends. Maybe my favorite. Nah, man, it's hard to pick a favorite Beatles song, but I love that song. Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is another good song, but A Day in the Life. There's, there's an epic Beatles song. I think uh, a lot of people put Sgt. Pepper's as one of the best albums of all time. A lot of rankings that you'll read in magazines or books is Sgt. Pepper's or Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, one and two in any order. And I don't think you can go wrong there. So Sgt. Pepper's is, is my favorite Beatles album. I love the cover and the millions of different things that you see in the cover. Paul's dead. Loosing the Sky with Diamonds, Fixing a Hole, yes. She's Leaving Home, uh, For the Benefit of Mr. Kite, Lovely Rita, Meter Maid. Sgt. Pepper's is fantastic. Yeah. But the problem is, is that they had a lot of fantastic albums. Yeah, and like I said, it's hard to pick favorites of anything when, you, when you're when you talking about the Beatles. Uh, but if I had, you know, a gun to my head, Sgt. Pepper's is my favorite. And that's just one of those that you can listen to. And I'm going to drop Cheap Trick. They did a uh, live version Sergeant Peppers from beginning to end, and it's just another reason to find out that Robin Sander is an alien. <laughs> but uh, that—that's my—that's my number one pick. That's a good pick. I'm feeling the cracks that ran through the door and kept my mind from wandering. But my second pick. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. It took five or six months to record in 1968. They finished recording it October 14th, and the album was released November 22nd. So within five weeks from the finishing of the recording, the Beatles' White Album had come out. This album was probably a little more stripped back as far as production-wise compared to Sgt. Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tour right. and Revolver. That era is when they like kind of learned how to use the studio as an instrument. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. how to take advantage of the materials that the studio offered. White album is often cited as Charles Manson's inspiration yeah. for the Helter Skelter murders because the song Helter Skelter right. was on there. And Piggies. He believed that the album had coded messages yes. regarding the apocalypse and that he was supposed to, he was part of this army that was supposed to do that all. It was a double album. Uh, instead of trying to talk about a bunch of the 30, I, I think I could talk about my favorite song from each side of the album. <laughs> let's, uh, let's do that. From side one, maybe one of the best Beatles songs ever to me, Happiness is a Warm Gun. On his hobnail boots, lying with 
with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime. It was reported that this was the happiest that John Lennon ever was in the Beatles, was on the recording session for this song. Okay. Um, Side two's pick would probably be Blackbird. Mine too. When I first learned how to play it on the guitar, I learned it wrong. And so for 20 years, I played it wrong and then sat down and I forget what it was. I believe it was something regarding Paul McCartney's Humble Pie album. Okay. And there was a, some kind of behind the scenes thing. And he was actually sitting with a guitar playing Blackbird. And I saw what he was doing differently and I fixed it. And now, actually, I, now I play it right. That's actually cool. Side three's pick, the aforementioned. Right. Helter Skelter. We're on the same page so far, except for side one. I'll get to my side one pick here in just a minute. My side four pick would be Revolution One. Yes. Which is not the same version that got so popular that was the B-side to Hey Jude. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just called Revolution. And then the White Album had both Revolution One and And Revolution Nine. Yeah. Revolution One was a way more laid back version. Right. And that was the version that John Lennon liked better was the laid back version that's, yeah. so that's what he wanted to be released as the single but I guess he was overridden and they released just Revolution well I agree with all of those picks except for side one uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps is another one of my favorite Beatles songs it's a George Harrison song I've heard this song so many times I just absolutely love it and if you want to see a different version of it they did a uh, tribute to George Harrison where uh, Tom Petty is singing and Prince does the lead guitar and it is phenomenal if you thought prince was just a singer go watch that video and it will change your mind very quickly so yeah no no good pick well Uh, they were on the it was it was kind of clear to at least themselves that they were pretty much on the verge of breaking up when they were recording the white album right they had started recording stuff of the 30 songs i think only 14 of them feature all four beatles other songs like blackbird's just paul mccartney and a guitar right Happiness is a Warm Gun, I think, was recorded by Lennon while they were recording another, while the other Beatles were in another studio recording. Lennon was over in the in the auxiliary studio recording. And I will say this about the, the big problem with this album. Paul was dead? No. <laughs> Four letters. Yoko. Yeah. You know, they had a they had a pretty firm and fast rule that girlfriends and wives and stuff were not allowed in the studio with yeah. them when they recorded. And John had Yoko pretty much firmly attached at the hip right. over the recording of the White Album. And it makes me sad because I wanted them to be a band forever. Uh, my second pick is Let It Be just for the simple fact of let it be the song there will be an answer let it be but though there may be parted there is still a chance that they will see there will be an answer let it be that's um, uh, one of those uh, emotional songs one of those songs that uh, you can just sit and listen to and, and love the song but if you sit and really dig into the song it's an emotional song and uh, 
hearing this in downtown Tokyo was just amazing to me because everybody loves it. It's, it's a worldwide song and uh, one of my favorites, the Long and Winding Road, Get Back, other good songs. For You, Blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is another Harrison song, which pops up all the time. And, you know, he was, I don't want to say restricted, but on almost all albums, just two songs. Most of the time, he was given his two obligatory songs and moved on. And I think that um, by the time Abbey Road was being recorded, George and Ringo had started to, I don't want to say stand up for themselves more, but kind of stand up for themselves more a little bit right. in, the, in the writing process and the recording process. Especially the recording process, because there was a lot of times when uh, uh, Paul McCartney's going back and redoing Ringo's drums. It is alleged. <laughs> alleged. That that I, I will say this much. In 2003, when Let It Be Naked was released, they despectorized it, because Phil Spector was the one that produced this. After George Martin had done all of this stuff for the Beatles over the years, they decided to go with notorious producer Phil Spector. Notorious human being. Spector had a certain way of recording things. He was credited for creating what was called the wall of sound. Right. Let It Be Naked was a very stripped back version of Let It Be. Yeah. And it was, to me, I really like Let It Be Naked. And there's a second disc that came with it called Fly on the Wall. That's like 15 minutes of just when the tape was rolling right. in the yeah, studio. I've and you can that. sit and listen to them talking back and forth. And that's actually really kind of fascinating. Yeah. I don't think Paul was dead and let it be. And I know I'm going to mention that way too many times in this podcast, but it's just one of those things with the Beatles that I've always, I love the conspiracy and I, I love all the, uh, here's why he's actually dead. But when I was little, my brother told me that the patch that Paul was wearing on his suit in Sergeant Pepper right. said OPD. Right. And it actually says OPP, um, which was for the Ontario Provincial Police. And that, but I do think Chris Farley is the one who debunked it, that Paul is not dead. Do oh, you yeah, remember that, that? That interview. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, that was actually one of the funnier Chris Farley things I've uh, ever seen. Yeah. Remember when you were with the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, I'm going to watch that tonight. So that, that was my uh, Let It Be was my number two. It's tough, isn't it? <laughs> I see the look on your face, and it I got the tough. same. Yeah. Um, before Let It Be came out, and after the White Album came out, came the album Happy Road, which featured assistant engineer Alan Parsons, who was later known for the Alan Parsons Project. Before he did that, he had done. Um, he was the engineer for Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Right. Oh, Alan Parsons was the man. He's the one that people wanted. Somebody asked me once before, which version do you like better, this one or the or Aerosmith? And I wouldn't answer them. I like them both. I like the guitar in the Aerosmith version. Abbey Road was initially panned by the critics. They didn't like it, and it would go on to be arguably their probably their best work. I mean, you have come together. You got something, another Harrison song. Oh, darling, I want you. Sergeant Pepper's right. movie, the Bee Gees. Right. This was the highlight yes. of that movie to me. No, I think to a lot of people. Here Comes the Sun. There's my favorite. And guess who wrote that song? Here Comes the Sun. Yeah. I'll take a wild <laughs> guess. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking George Harrison was my favorite Beatle. Do you remember on Saturday Night Live when Eric Idle hosted and he did a version of Here Comes the Sun I, as yeah. one of them, like his Mooney characters? Yeah. And, oh my gosh. 
Um, oh, I laughed so hard, and I was I was a young little kid, and I didn't get half of the humor that was going on in it, but I laughed my butt off. Uh, but here comes the sun is is again my favorite one off that album. The album cover for Abbey Road, uh, one of the more famous album covers. Do you know why? Well, there's a lot of different. There's more Paul is dead kind of stuff That's going why. on there because <laughs> I think George Harrison's dressed like a grave digger. Right. Uh, Lennon's dressed like a priest. Maybe. Yes. And Paul McCartney's barefoot. Barefoot. And the, the Volkswagen in the distance that says 28 if. Yeah. If he would have lived, he would have died when he was 28, right. allegedly. But yeah, I, I, going through this, I, I've never probably sat down and said that George Harrison was my favorite Beatle. But I think going through this album by album, uh, yeah, he might be. Uh, the Beatles stopped touring in 1966. Yes. You have to think it was a kind of a short and sweet for the Beatles from 63 to 1970. And you see all of that, all that footage, but it's for a short period of time. When they played Shea, Shea Stadium, Stadium, yeah, that was at that time it was a record, right, for you know, a concert crowd. I'm going to let you explain this a little bit more in detail. The Beatles, as far as studio albums, really only released 12 studio albums. As far as Capitol Records is concerned. Uh, and all the other albums were leftovers, leftover uh, from quasi greatest hits kind of things, right. uh, uh, movie soundtracks. I mean, and those count hard days night was a movie soundtrack right. and how the Beatles usually did stuff was the movie soundtrack stuff was on side one. And then the bonus material, as you would say, would be side two. There were several songs that were never on albums. Right. So that brings me to my third pick. And that being said, uh, some leftover songs on the rubber soul album, uh, was Day Tripper and We Can Work It Out. Two of my favorite, favorite Beatles songs and uh, were not officially on one of those 12 albums. So I'm going to forego one of those 12 albums and, and say the uh, bonus material from Rubber Soul with Day Tripper and We Can Work It Out. Let's talk about Rubber Soul for a second. Yes, because please. to me, Rubber Soul was like the end of an era. That was like the end of the Fab Four. It was the last album to me that had some of that old Beatles sound, that twist right. and shout kind of right. stuff going on. Um, I'm looking through you. Nowhere, man. But one of my favorite all-time Beatles songs is on Never Soul Norwegian Wood. Yeah, 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 yeah. In My Life was another big song. that I actually used that as a teaching tool for guitar. Another one on there, um, Think for Yourself, George Harrison. That's my third, but let's touch on a few of the other albums, and we don't have to get into a whole lot of detail. We have talked about Hard Day's Night. We have talked about Help. Uh, please Please Me. We haven't talked about Help. We just talked about it, in fact, that they that's made a movie. I, yeah. Uh, yesterday, it. yesterday was on Help. It's, and that's another Let It Be type of song. It is the most covered song ever. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not sure who makes this list and how, in fact, they compile it. It's all right. Think of what I'm saying. Help was the first rock album to be nominated for Album of the Year. Oh, really? And again, a movie soundtrack. Right. All the movie songs were on the first side, and all the extra stuff was on the second side. All right, I'm going I'm to put you on the spot. I'll, I'll pick a early Beatles and a late Beatles contrast. I, I want to hear, I'll just give you mine, you know, it's it's Twisted Shout and Let It Be. 
there would be maybe like there's chains off of introducing the Beatles, which was yeah. a George Harrison right. song, the first song that he ever sang for them. Right. Love Me Do. Good one. My contrast between Love Me Do probably be maybe Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The string section and stuff in in Eleanor Rigby is fantastic. Yeah. Well you touched on Love Me Do. I that's that's always been one of my favorites and one of my sons used to sing that and he was my Beatles fan. But to hear a little kid sing a, a song that's you know older than me. Maybe I am the walrus. Maybe from Magical Mystery Tour, as, if you want to contrast Love Me Do yeah. or, or, or one of the early kind of Fab Four songs. Nah. Strawberry Fields Forever. Yellow Submarine. Strawberry Fields. Nothing is real. Nothing to get hung about. Strawberry Fields Forever. And man, when you think, I don't know the number, but when you think of how many millions of albums they sold worldwide let alone in the United States right. the impact that that the Beatles were able to make on uh, multiple generations of people 600 million worldwide God. That, and that's estimated that's probably low 600 million I don't know if people remember this but there was a point in the 80s where Michael Jackson bought the Beatles he catalog did, yeah. And all of a sudden, you started seeing Beatles songs on commercials right. and things like that. And Paul McCartney was pretty uptight about that. Because he's the one that gave Michael Jackson that tip about buying About songs. buying songs yeah. and stuff, yeah. yeah. And as a, he would use it to go on and kind of screw him for a little bit. Yeah. But I guess they actually they got the rights back. Right. Paul McCartney. Eventually, yeah. So eventually, yes. I have to say, I'm glad we did a separate Beatles bonus episode. I look forward to a few others. Pink Floyd, we could probably do. I think Pink Floyd deserves it. I think the Rolling Stones deserve it. Rolling Stones, we could probably do. Um, um, potentially the Who. There, there's a, a band out of California has this guitar player. He did they have the blonde karate guy singing? Um, yeah, well, I can't remember. It, it was something. I, well, Van, it'll, Van Heflin? Van, something. Van, Van Houten? I don't know. Well, it, it'll come to us. Yeah, well, we'll they, they might get their own. They so. might get their own too. So, Tony, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I enjoy the podcast. I don't think people realize the time and effort that you put into this. I, I do. Sometimes I actually feel guilty about it. All of the music that you hear is Tony. Um, all of the editing you hear is Tony to make this a nice, smooth podcast. Uh, kudos, brother. I, and, and I deeply, deeply appreciate it. I, I'm just glad people are listening, and I hope they enjoy this episode. We don't know when this one's going to air, but when it does, we hope you all enjoy it. Yeah. And there will be a few more coming up. This has been a special episode of the ABCs and 123s of Rock. I've been your host, Tony Phillips, along with Randy McGuire. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys. dark when I'm so impish and whimsical. I'm sick of it. Hey, everyone. I've got a brand new mantra. Hmm? Mm, Paul's a big fat cunt. <laughs> don't know why you two didn't let me write more songs. You know? I, just, I just sit here while my guitar quietly whimpers. Well, you are the quiet one, so why don't you shut the fuck up?